In the managed care system, the people are represented by two separate yet equally important groups. The HCC Risk Adjustment Department, who tracks down medical records and ICD-10 codes, and the Quality Stars Team, who partners with primary and specialty providers to ensure ideal clinical outcomes. These are their stories. Well, I'm doing good. Thanks for having me back. You know, I'm really into you know helping the providers improve their documentation. Right. Because ultimately, you know, if we don't improve the documentation, we're not going to improve anything. Absolutely. If we improve that documentation, we're going to improve health outcomes. Okay. Health outcomes is the whole name of the game. Right. HCCs, health outcomes, better managing the patients, keep them out of the hospital. That's what we're trying to do. And by teaching these doctors how to document correctly, we're better able to manage those patients. Now you have a background. Tell us a little bit about your background. Are you a is your background in coding, or did you get into coding a little bit later in your career? Have you always been a coder, or um, how, how did you kind of walk us through your career in healthcare? Well, I used to be an airline supervisor in Atlanta. All right. And I well, that's not in healthcare. That's a, that's a completely different. I don't think, Ryan, I don't think any of us, whenever I come to Rise and interview people, I don't think any of us, when we were 15, said, hey, I want to grow up to be a risk adjustment professional and learn the V22 model and, and learn how to pull charts and, and code charts. It's, it's always very interesting how people get into this business but love this business and have passion for it. So you, you worked in the airlines in Atlanta. Um, how did you flip into this business? I got married, and my wife's like, I want to move to Bakersfield. And so Bakersfield's like this big. And I'm like, what am I supposed to do here? The airport's so little. And so she's like, well, we have a new program called risk adjustment at my job. You know, come try it out. And I came and tried it out. I liked what it right. was, and I started self-educating. I started attending these RISE events, talking to people like you, learning how to better improve, and I improved myself through self-teaching. Okay. And then I became a certified risk adjustment coder, So you and didn't get your, I teach doctors. Okay. So you got your HCC. So what do you feel, you talk about teaching doctors, my favorite thing to do in risk adjustment. So I think when I got into this business, I'm not a coder like you. But I was very good at managing the vendors. So I was very good at contracting. I had done that in my previous life on the hospital side. So I was very good at contracting, pushing the vendors to get the maximum out of chart retrieval and coding accuracy and coding completeness, all of that stuff. I really loved going to the providers and building value-based care. Um, so when I inherited STARS, I had STARS and risk adjustment. And I had a chance to go to the doctors to write the value-based models and then to talk to them about their performance on how, like you said, keeping people out of the hospital. But then to parallel that with CMS, with the, the STARS reimbursement, uh, whatever uh, risk-sharing arrangements we had, what do you think about where we're going with value-based care? Because value-based care is so important. And people like you really make value-based care happen. It's the engine because people like you verify if the work is actually being done and how and how successful and all of the energy and effort that's put in these value-based programs for diabetes, for kidney disease, uh, for risk recapture, for HEDIS, all of these different things. What do you think about value-based care and how people are really moving into those type of models away from typical fee-for-service? I've been saying for years that I think the fee-for-service model is going to die out. I think something's going away because it's not sustainable. So everything risk adjusts. So when I go out and educate physicians, I educate them on proper documentation. It doesn't matter who the payer is, just proper documentation. And then we can run algorithms after the fact, after it's been documented, and put those patients in managed care. I had a group that I worked with in Palm Springs, one of my sister companies, and they had an AC guy on retainer. And you're like, why would you have an AC guy on retainer? It's 115 degrees in Palm Springs. It's hot. I was there yesterday. It was 120 degrees. I was, I was supposed to play golf yesterday oh, no. in Palm Springs, and I got out there and it said 118, 
And I called my cousin. I was just like, nah, we're not, we're not playing golf today. Like Kevin Weigel <laughs> had us do that a few years ago right. here at Rise. We played golf in, in Lakeisha. Yeah, I'll be, I'll be on the HCC list. of, of yeah. and I'll be hospitalized. You'll be pulling ICD-10s or me. Um, I hit four houses, so I think I was disqualified. From oh, man. That's, um, I'm, I'm, I'm a terrible golfer, but yeah. I, love, I love playing nine holes early in the morning, whacking it around. And uh, I'm, not, I'm not a drinker, but I, I love being in a group of people that have had probably too many beers. On, uh, I'm the driver of the, of the cart and whacking it around. I'm not, I'm not a good golfer. You know, I'm shooting on a good day. I'm shooting 55 on, on the front nine. But not when it's 119 degrees outside. No, that no is, not, I, when it's yeah, not when it's 119. Degrees. I was going to go to JW Marriott and, and link up with some people, but, but had to, to shut that down. I think, you know, people like you, you talk about education, and that's such a critical element that we miss sometimes. We, we, we kind of look at it in a robotic view, meaning that people are just – it's a, if you have 100,000 members, you have 100,000 risk scores, you manage the risk score, it's a, you're, you're trying to maximize whatever you can do to get accurate coding. Sometimes we forget about the nuances and we forget that each of these members have their own personal story. Sometimes they're going through something. We have COVID, people are going through depression, people have lost spouses. Um, there's a lot of social determinants, health things that are coming up. When you are out educating a provider, tell us about some of the steps you take in the education process, because I think that's so important, not only for our listeners uh, or terrestrial radio, but those that listen on the podcast that are mostly in this industry. What are the steps and kind of the, the models that you use when you're educating a practice on how to accurately code and accurately submit? You need to practice the whole the whole facility. So I don't only, when I ch- educate provis- providers, it's not only just providers, it's the MAs, it's the coding mm. staff, the billing staff, to make sure all those codes get submitted. And you have to look at your providers as a whole and see when's a good time to see them. If I walk into an office and there's 20 people in the waiting room, I just leave my card and leave. Right. I, don't, I, don't, I don't stay. But, you know, I learn when's a good time to visit them. And if you respect their time, they'll respect your time and they'll listen yeah. to what you have to say. Respect is so important. I think that, and once again, while Ryan, if, if you're just tuning in, I'm talking to Ryan Dotson. Uh, he is the, one of the founders and COO of New Vision Healthcare Solutions. I think that education and that interaction with the providers is so important. It's always my thought, because I, I think like a payer. You know, my time is really in the blue system and, and really building out value-based care. I've been on the hospital side as well. A lot of the organizations that I've been in had joint ventures between large hospital systems. You know, as at Highmark, they, they own Allegheny Health Network. So you have these joint ventures where even though hospitals and payers don't necessarily mix when it comes to Medicare because the hospital benefits if the member stays another three days in the hospital. Exactly. When that's terrible for your readmissions, that kills your star rating. But you try to figure out how you can maximize revenue and maximize what's best for, for the member. But that education component is is so important. Um, we can't do this without people that are on the ground floor talking to doctors. What is your experience? Because you talked about not wasting the time in a provider. You, if you're a typical provider, you have six, seven payers that are coming at you. They all have HEDIS. They all have risk adjustment. They all have their own value-based models. You're in different levels of uh, relationships with them. Some you're maybe on a full risk. Some you're maybe on a partial risk. Some you're just a, a general fee for service. Why is it so important for individuals like you and the people that you coach to maximize that time? You might have 60 minutes with a provider group. Why is that touch point so vital to the lifeblood of, of healthcare? Because providers are so busy. 
you have to show up and you have to use that time wisely. If you're going to take up their lunchtime, bring lunch in. Mm. If you're going to come in for 15 minutes and you're going to try to catch them, bring something with you. Bring a coffee. Bring something slight and just let them know that you value that time right. with them. And by give, showing them that you value that time, they're more apt to help you. And then no matter what problems they give you, it might not be your department. You know, follow up on those problems. Hmm. Get those problems handled, and then they'll know that you're the, two, the go-to person, and they will follow up with you, and they'll answer your questions. I have providers call me now I haven't worked with for years, but they have questions, and they'll be like, hey, can you answer this question for me? I still answer the question for them because I built that rapport with them. That's really awesome. Tell us about uh, New Vision. Uh, I always want to give you a chance to talk about if somebody wants to plug in with New Vision, uh, how many employees do you have, what, what territories do you serve? you only on the West Coast and in the South, or, or are you all over the country? Like if somebody wants to bring in New Vision for a training or, or go to your website or find more, you know, Ryan's always on LinkedIn uh, yucking it up and, and supporting people and making other people feel good. That's one thing I appreciate about you. You're always supporting me and my endeavor. It was weird, right? When I went to Rise and said, can I get a press pass to broadcast Rise like TNT? They kind of looked at me like I was nuts. Um, but three years later, it's just, you know, I think it's become a staple and, and you have people like you to just look for and say, hey, James, you're coming through. You're bringing, are you bringing a Gcast? Um, and I think it's a good element that, that we've added. I enjoy it. And, and I know that some of our sponsors and, and talking to people like you enjoy it as well. But um, how do we plug in with you? Like, where do we, where do we find you so, so that we can bring, if somebody is interested in hearing more about uh, what your organization brings to the table, how do we find you? So you can go to our website. It's newvisionhealthcaresolutions.com, and you can connect with me there. You connect with me on LinkedIn, Ryan Dodson. Um, we're always happy to help. Right now, we're mostly in California. Okay. I've recently branched out to Texas, but I do trainings all over the country. I've done trainings in Florida. I've done trainings in North Carolina. I'm working with a client in Rhode Island right now. Oh, wow. You know, we're, we're moving around to help the doctors better improve and help the plans improve. Very nice. Now you got the merch with you. Before you go, man, you got you got to tell us about the merch because you brought you brought the socks the last time. So I still have the socks from from Rise in in Nashville. But but what do you have with the merch? So I'm giving away shirts this time. We have some shirts, and this is one of the coding things we're pushing. Nice. Um, one of the things that you know I've been preaching for years, and now APC is preaching. It's a diagnosis, status, and plan. You mm. need to have that information in your chart. You nah, can't great. code from the problem list. Diagnosis, status, and plan. You are listening to the Lance J Radio Network. This is Lance J for MedHealth Clinical. When was the last time you had an annual wellness visit? MedHealth is currently accepting new patients and all major insurance carriers, including Medicare. This experienced team focuses on wellness and disease prevention while developing personalized care plans that mitigate chronic conditions and encourage holistic wellness. To learn more, go to MedHealthClinic.com. That's MedHealthClinic.com for primary care that's always there. I'm the latest hashtag challenge, and everyone on social media is trying me. I'm trending so hard that hashtag common sense can't keep up. This is going to get tens and tens of views. (laughs) 
But if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, you could be left to pay for this yourself. Get Allstate and be better protected from mayhem for a whole lot less. This is Lance J, a.k.a. the Paragon of Sports Talk Excellence, a.k.a. the Heisenberg of Broadcast Radio, a.k.a. the Wolf of Wall Street. The Lance J Radio Network is now on WWE 1100 a.m. weekdays from 3 to 4 p.m. I've been wanting to get into the Atlanta market for a long time. Listen to me and the rest of the ticket talk sports, politics, healthcare, as DJ Rampage, the first lieutenant of the Universal Flip Mode Squad, shines on the wheels of steel playing the best in classic hip-hop. Catch the show live or download the iHeartRadio application. James Lewis. Jones resets to the shotgun, gets the snap. Hands it to Elliott, who goes sweeping to the left side. Gets to the 20, loose to the 30, to the 40, down the left side, to the 50, goes Elliott. Rampage, the first lieutenant of the Universal Flip Mode Squad. He's going to take it to the house. 30, 20, 10, touchdown, Ezekiel Elliott. 85 yards. You are listening to the Lance J Radio Network.